Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Arnaud Renault is co-founder of The Scale Lab, a lead acquisition agency and consulting firm that helps companies make the best first impressions in front of their prospects by using cold email and cold LinkedIn messages. Arnaud, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, I am. Thank you for the invitation, Morgan. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And uh, even if we have, uh, I think we have 13 hours uh, difference right now. Time so, difference? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, time difference. So, you were in uh, Singapore, you said, right? Exactly. 7.30 a.m. and it's like 5.30 for you on a Sunday night and it's Monday morning. For you. I can right. tell you what happens during the night from, uh, Monday, from Sunday to Monday. No, right? Yeah, tell me what happens in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I would let you know. Good stuff. All right. Hard-hitting questions coming out first. How does the Scale Lab get results for its customers? How do we get results for our customer? Uh, first, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but more specifically, we try to do some like a lot of personalization. As we, as you mentioned uh, a few seconds ago, we try to do the first best impressions in front of our prospects clients, and to be able to do so, like you need to provide an experience, a lead generation experience to your clients and also to their prospects which means that it's a lot of homework. So whenever you, let's say you have, you have a client that is targeting a specific segment and um, specific industry, specific persona, and you have identified that with them or they have identified that uh, in the past, and the main way of being able to provide results, results for your clients on that is the first intro line and the first icebreaker that you're going to use in your first email whenever you're going to reach out to that prospects. And the more you go into personalization and the more you know about the company and the prospects that you want to reach out to for your clients, the better it is. Like you have a better open rate, you have a better reply rate, you have a better interest rate. And people have used a lot of, like I've used and abused of 
uh, cold email and cold LinkedIn messages since the beginning of COVID. And you can see the difference. You can see like the people with a high approach and the people with a U approach. So the people with a high approach are the guys who are sending like very like massive emails with few paragraphs, only talking about them, their product, the features, the clients that they are working with and so on. And at the end, they expect having like a 15 minutes call with you because you just talked about yourself. And then you have the U approach, which is what we use. And that is mainly focused on the personalization, hyper-personalization on the prospect, on this company, and trying to like understand the challenges, the problems, and adding a little bit of, I would say, fun in the email because we had pictures, we had videos, we can add uh, GIFs, memes, and, and so on, just to make the, the experience a little bit different and make sure that we tell a story when we send an email and like telling a story, having a you approach and hyper-personalizing your email are the, to me, the three keys to get results for our clients right now. Got it. So quality over quantity, you're telling a story and you're front loading lots of personalization by doing research on the front end, making sure the, the prospects see that immediately. Exactly. When you reach yeah. out to them. Exactly. My second question, what makes you guys different from other lead generation agencies that take a similar approach? Or yeah, what makes us different? So the, the, like lead generation is lead generation, of course. I would say that we have a very good data, uh, data stack. Whenever you do sales and business development nowadays, data is key. It's not about like just like sending emails spreading and waiting that you kind of get results out of those uh, answers. So making sure that you have a proper process, like you, we have a standardized process for doing lead gen that leads to hyper-personalization on the messaging way for our clients. And also, yeah, having, having the, the, the best tools on the market, knowing how to use them, that's key. Because we can see like some competitors of us are still doing some uh, like manual data extractions, for example, which is kind of surprising in 2022. They kind of have a lot of staff that they hire to kind of manage like the send, the, like sending, sending emails, sending uh, cold LinkedIn messages, doing the follow-up manually, and they don't really use the technology to do that. And um, And for some of them as well, like they don't, had any level of personalization at all. So I think being able to have a proper data stack that you master, not doing quantity, but better focus on a few prospects and a few accounts instead of like, as I said, uh, like spreading emails, which is, I think, useless right now because we really try to focus on the quality. We don't send like 2,000 emails a day for our clients. It's like 50 to 100. But those 50 to 100 that we're going to send are like, we know that we're going to have, if we have below 80% open rate, there is something here. There is something wrong for, uh -huh. for the emails that we send. It's really focusing on the quality, not the quantity, making sure that we check the analytics of our campaigns on a daily and then a proper analysis on a weekly basis because we need to analyze the follow-ups and stuff, and then making sure that we 
continue evolving the data stack that we use to make sure that we can like, improve the experience of our clients and make sure that we can capture better data uh, faster and so on. And I would say that's it. Yeah, I pulled that. So I pulled out of that, of that second one, data, the data you're using, your standardized process, how you go about doing, executing the strategy and your tech stack. Right? Yeah. Productized pricing or custom. What do you guys offer? Uh, no, it's productized. We have more or less the same. So we have different packages based on what the clients need. So for example, you have like one package exclusively for LinkedIn. Uh, you have one package with the omni-channel approach, so LinkedIn and email, and the two have different uh, have different prices. Like nothing crazy, and everybody can understand what we do. It's, mm-hmm. The goal is make, to make sure that we can select quality meetings for our clients. That's a struggle for a lot of B two B companies out there. That's how it works. Who's the Scale Labs ideal customer? The scale up ideals customers. So uh, that's a very good question because it's kind of, I would not say evolving, but there is um, something interesting that happens over the past, I would say, four months is that we are working with more and more like bigger company. We're working with bigger company. I would say we have two ICP. So the first one is tech companies like SaaS who are working, who are in the game for the past, let's say, year and a half, two years. And they have between, they just raised money and they have between 10 to 25 people on board. And yeah, they just want to ramp up sales. The CEO is kind of doing everything. Like when I say everything, he's like managing the sales part, he's managing the team, he's managing the investors and stuff. So we kind of help the CEO to get rid of like the lead generation part of the business, which kind of help him to only text meetings. So we have that segment. So small companies and CEOs, like there is no proper sales teams yet. We have the CEOs to like have more time to do other things and uh, get rid of the lead generation uh, side of uh, his daily occupation. And then what we see for the past yeah, four or five months is we work with bigger companies. When I say bigger, it's like companies with between 150 to 250 people. And like usually they either haven't tested out done at all. They were really, they, they were like just doing inbound, like mm-hmm. ads, uh, SEO, etc. And yeah, it just happened that right now in Asia, Singapore and Hong Kong, because my business partner is in Hong Kong, like we kind of have a branding that is growing and people are like, oh yeah, actually trying outbound could could make sense. And uh, let's try it. They just subscribe and then we do, uh, we start working uh, with their sales team on that, but they have existing sales team and it's just to simplify the life of their sales team. So we have those two profiles, either small companies between 11 to 50 people helping the CEO or bigger companies who raised between, I would say, 25 to 200 million. Like the, the our biggest clients, our biggest client is a, a fintech named Aspire. And I think they raised uh, 200 million last year. We 
what we do type of company. Those Got two it. types. Aspire. Aren't they the don't they offer bank accounts? Aspire? Exactly. Isn't that the like environment their whole thing is like being environmentally they work to help the environment with their banking products? Like, isn't that right? They do, I think, yeah. They do. I think I I don't know exactly the the all details of uh, Let's this is not my account. Okay, got it. Yeah, this is not my account, but cool, cool, good stuff. We got two strong ICPs. We know the differentiators. We know how the scale lab gets results. Now I'd love to talk about a specific case study or example, either with that you've done um, a campaign with the scale lab or for a customer. What what a case study we're going to talk about today. A case study that we can talk about today, that's a very good question. One that I have in mind right now. Yeah, it's actually, no, it's actually, yeah. One that we have, that we run for, is that okay if it's one that we run for us? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so one thing that I wanted to test for quite some time is chatting and starting relationships, like sales relationships with alumni of my business school because usually i don't know if this is something that you have done uh, in the past in uh, in your outbound career but usually you know we kind of always get a reminder from our schools and from our buddies from business school hey we are network you have the that alumni network and everything but i didn't use it until like end of last year. And I started running campaigns with alumni of my, so I went to two, two different business schools, one during my bachelor degree and one during my master degree. And being able to reach out easily and find those contacts easily on LinkedIn. So you just like select the filter on Sage Navigator about like, okay, which schools. Uh, who graduated they? from that. Exactly, yeah. who graduated from which school. And then you can easily identify those guys and then filter them based on the on based on your persona. Mm. And engaging mm. with those people via cold email is actually much much easier than like reaching out to random people, even if they are corresponding to your even if they correspond to your to your persona. If it's someone from the same business school than you, there is already a, there is already a connection. What and gets, which group responds better, the, the graduate business school people or the undergrad? No, the graduated. I that, reached out only to the graduated because they are the people who they are now working. So I meant um, from which one of your business schools do they, the people respond better ah, you from? Mean, like ah, the, uh, the master's one or the... Ah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. I don't have the numbers on top of my mind, but I think it was more for the ones from the master. Yeah, I think it, what I from guess. what I remember, it, yeah, it's a smaller it was, group, probably. Yeah, yeah. And also, I reached out. I reached out to people who are that I haven't been at school with them. Like I know that we went to the same school, but they are probably like ten years older than me, or maybe right. more than that. And I reached out to them and say, hey. We part of the same network. You want to connect? I want to like chat about that. I saw that you're doing this and so on, mm-hmm. and and it worked really, really well. And we like nice. acquired quite a few clients thanks to that because there is already that trust. 
and trust in sales like is key. And that campaign was very good. And the way we won the campaign, <laughs> the way we run yeah, the campaign yeah. is like pretty normal for us in terms of uh, like the, the copywriting that we use. One of our main tools when we when we send emails is uh, actually Lemlist. I'm sure you're familiar with that sure. tool. And uh, we love the tool. Uh, it's a great one. It's very easy to use and very easy to understand where you're at uh, with, your, with your prospects and with your campaigns. Very basic campaigns. You know, it's like four or five steps in the sequence. You have like one or two uh, LinkedIn steps and the rest is only emails. And we try to build a story. So if we send three emails and two LinkedIn steps, there is a story between each of the emails that we're going to send. So the guy, the prospect that re- who receives the, the email, like one after the other, if he doesn't reply before the, the last one, he kind of understands where we're going. And it's easier for, for him to remember who is the person like me and what I want to get out of the, out of the email that I just sent uh, him. No, I was going to ask you about the, I wanted to take a quick step back and talk about the targeting real quick and then hop back into that. Yeah, I just sure, wanted sure. to ask you, so you're, you're targeting people who share this affinity with you, right? You went both went to the same uh, master's school. Yeah. MBA school. Yeah. What, what else are you doing for targeting there to like with these people? Are they founders of companies too? Exactly. Okay. So exactly. you're just matching so, them to the ICP that you mentioned earlier. Exactly. It's like, the original ICP, let's say we talk about the two segments. So let's say founder or head of sales or chief sales officer, CEO, and so on, like very C-level people or director people, VP people. And then I apply that title to a specific geography. So I'm in Singapore, so I wanted to chat with uh, people uh, around me. Like uh, I'm, okay. I can meet them for coffee if necessary, or in Hong Kong because my business partner is there. And then, and then, like companies between eleven to fifty people in the financial services, insurance, HR, or agency industries, uh, like HR, financial services, insurance industries, and plus some uh, agencies as well because we target mainly those uh, three to four, uh, I would say, uh, type of companies, mm-hmm. industries. And then you just had the component, the filter of, okay, that person studied uh, in that specific school. And then you get your list, you extract it, you enrich it, you clean it. And then you start launching your, your email and LinkedIn campaigns. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You were ta- Before you were talking about, we had the four to five steps in the campaign. We had the email and LinkedIn steps for telling that story throughout I think you're going to go into the content of the emails next, I believe. And the Sorry? Messages. I think you were going to go into the content of the messages next. Yeah, exactly. 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 Regarding the contents, we try to do something really simple. And even like when like it's for, it's our way of doing it, but it's usually the better way. It's the best way to do. In a sense that doesn't make sense to send an email that is, like massive with a lot of words the goal is really to send 60 to 85 words and put 60 to 85 words in your email because the people who so usually something that says and bd out there forget about is that the people who are sending an that you're sending an email to doesn't know you 
It doesn't know your product. It doesn't know who you are. It doesn't. It probably doesn't know your company. And you kind of reach out to that person saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my company. This is the results that we have. This is the clients we work with. Do you want to chat with me? And what I try to, to, to do whenever I start preparing uh, email campaigns with value steps is that I try to put myself in the shoes of the person who will read like receive and read the email. Mm-hmm. And and if you do a comparison as well, I always do that and uh, and it kind of helps. So putting yourself in the shoes of that uh, that prospect and also making the comparison of outbound versus dating. When you date with uh, when you start dating, I don't know for for like starting dating uh, girls and stuff, you if let's say you go to that first coffee or that first drink and you only talk about yourself during that drink or that coffee that you have with that girl it's kind of weird like you don't mm. you, you don't go to that uh, to that catch up and say hey this is me I, I do this i do that i do that i do that i do that you rather ask questions and like uh, you rather ask questions and make sure that you kind of make sure that that girls can fit with what you want. And if this is something that, like if, if there is a good match, actually, and if you only talk about yourself, there is no, you, you cannot really verify that there is a good match. And it's, it's exactly the same, I think, in, uh, in our bond. Like, you need to make sure that you trigger the mind of that prospect that you're going to send an email to and do something that is pretty different than what other sales or other business developers could send to that person, to that prospect. And of course, like you need to be very short, putting some personalization and put some creativity as well. So that's why we, for example, add images, uh, we add videos, sometimes memes and GIFs in the emails. Depends on the target, of course. And usually there is some, um, from our clients, some of them in... They, they, they work into pretty traditional industries like financial services, insurance and stuff. So they are like, are you sure that this is going to work? Like, I mean, you want to add a, a picture of me having like two cups of coffee in which hand and you want to add a custom variable on each uh, cup of coffee. And you're like, yes, it's going to work. No worries. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's different from what salespeople will usually uh, send to that prospect. So they, they never seen that before and it's new. So what is new is kind of surprising sometimes mm-hmm. and it could be scary. So yeah, that's that 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 that's a very important component, like making an email, creating an email that is different from what the competition can say, for example. Got it. What do you say in your messages? And what was in those messages? Like what was the copy you used for your offer? Yeah, it it, it varies. It depends on the on the persona and the ICP that we are that we are trying to reach out to, of course, because otherwise it would be a bit uh, complicated to uh, to do some personalization. But the structure is very simple. The first part is of course the subject line. So subject line is the the title of your email. That needs to be between one to three words. And what we the way we use the subject line. The subject line is kind of, um, it's like 
telling to the prospect in one to three words why he should open the email. That's the first thing. And I'm going to give you an example. In, in an email, you have, uh, let's say you have four parts. You have the subject line, you have the intro line, you have the core of the email and the call to action. The subject line needs to be related to your call to action, which is what you want to get out of this uh, uh, cold email. Let's say that you want to have a coffee. Uh, like your call, In your call to action, which is your last sentence usually, in your call to action, you want to invite someone like the prospects for coffee at 2 p.m. on a Friday. Let's say that. The subject line should be linked to that. And your subject line should be, for example, coffee, Morgan, question mark. That is mm-hmm. three words. Like that is three, uh, three elements in your, in your subject line. And at least the prospects knows that the end goal of uh, opening the email would eventually to schedule a coffee with Morgan. Got it. So like, what would you yeah. say? to those business school alumni in your camp? I, usually I had a question for them. The answer it was question first name. Or if I had, if they were in Singapore and like nearby where I live or where my office is, it was like question or lunch or drinks. Uh, it was always like trying to, like having uh, a word that is related to uh, like catching up or really like meeting with that person. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, yeah, so very, like trying to be very precise, like breakfast, for example, breakfast, Morgan? Question mark. And then the yeah. goal would would be to go for breakfast with that person. And usually awesome. it works quite well because before like going to the office, then people just go for breakfast. Uh, either they take breakfast home or they take breakfast outside, and it's always nice to start the day, meet with someone new, and have a nice breakfast somewhere and eat well. Uh, so that used to work quite well. To come back on what I was saying, so the subject line should be related to the call to action. And then there is the intro line. The intro line is what we use to trigger the mind of the prospect. So it's a personalized sentence that is related to either the prospects and or the company that is working uh, with right now. I'm just going to give you a very basic example. Let's say that the company that you are reaching out to just raised, I don't know, let's say 5 million US. One intro line that you can use is, hey, uh, let's say, hey, Morgan, congrats on raising 5 million US for company name. And then you do your homework, like me, Arno, I do my homework on how the company of Morgan will ask, uh, like plan to kind of deploy the 5 million. Let's say you have a, hey, c- c- congrats, Morgan, for, for raising 5 million. Like the next few months is going to be exciting because I saw that you want to do A, B, and C with the 5 million that you just raised. And like when you, whenever you receive an email like that, you're like, ah, okay, that guy actually understands and for sure. yeah exactly exactly he did the homework on the company he visited my linkedin profile and he knows as well how we want to use the money that we just raised uh-huh. and yeah you stand out you and 
it, it, it really helps. And then the, I would say the, the core of the emails is usually a quick sentence related to a question that I have. Most of the time is related to growth and business development. And because, you know, the company just raised money for most of the ones that we reach out to, I want to like understand what's their plan for, let's say, 2022 or at least quarter one of 2022 on growth and business development and see if there are some synergies between them and the scale up and see if we can help them, like lead generation, for example. Yeah. And then what I want to do is like, Avoid being like pushy and talk a lot about myself. What I want to do is like catch up with them and have 15 to 20 minutes to qualify uh, that prospects and see if it makes sense to like have a second, third meetings and also understand uh, what is that decision making process and basically move forward with that opportunity in my sales pipeline. And just getting 15 to 20 minutes of meeting, I usually had like picture of me with like, let's say two cups of coffee. And on one cup, there is one custom variable with my name. On the other cup, there is the custom variable of the client. And then you have, yeah, let's go for coffee. And then the guy probably never seen such email, such email. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, actually you, you've done your research. The email is personalized. It's kind of funny. And everything is clear. It's short. It took me 25 seconds to understand where you want to go. Yeah, let's do it. I got to find sometimes. This is my calendar. Mm-hmm. So you're just being very, really upfront, saying, hey, yeah. you want to go out for breakfast, you know, exactly. lunch, drinks, hey, this is what I do, da, 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 and you're just being very direct. Yeah, I don't even talk about myself. Like, I just talk about what I would like to discuss with that discuss, person. right. Yeah, which is growth and business development. But I don't tell about, I don't mention anything about Scalab. I don't mention anything about me or what I do or the company we're working with, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even mention that. It's just about you. I know that you have I've done this recently. Congratulations on your fundraising. Then I would love to, I'm interested to learn more about how you manage growth and business development in your company, because there are a few synergies that we can uh, discuss. And then I would love to discuss that with you. So let's go for coffee. Let's go for breakfast. And that's it. Awesome. What are the, what are the follow-up emails look like or the LinkedIn steps? The follow-up email. So it depends, but usually, so let's say if I, the, um, the emails with the pictures with coffees, and custom variables on the cup of coffees. If I didn't have any reply after three, let's say three, three to four days, I usually send another one, another email, and the cups are reversed like that, and I look very sad on the email. And then I ask them if they, if they prefer tea or if they don't like coffee and stuff. And the goal is also to provide value. So usually on a follow-up email, I will... Like I will write a very, very short email and I will send an article or a YouTube video related to what the scale up does. So not it's not a, an article or a video created by the scale up. It's a video related or an article related to lead generation and how to like improve like either 
uh, growth or your business development processes and so on. Just a little bit of uh, like knowledge. And I will just drop that, uh, that URL and ask them their thought about it. And eventually I will drop my calendar as well. And then I will follow up with, um, with automated LinkedIn visits of the profile. I will also connect with that person on LinkedIn. And usually the last two emails are either, so the, the, usually the third email that I sent, it's actually a very, it works pretty well, but you needed to do a little bit of research on that one, but it, it, it works quite well. Whenever you, so you know the kind of results that you can bring to that company. So the, your, your persona, you kind of know what is the value that you can provide to them. And if that person is not the CEO of the company, one sentence that I use to trigger the mind of the prospects in my third email is, hey, let's say, Morgan, what if CEO name learned from you that you have helped company name to increase uh, whatever metrics related to lead generation to go from X to Y. And usually, whenever there is the CEO, your, the, the CEO of your company, the CEO first name of your company in the first line of an email, usually people click, they mm -hmm. find the email pretty interesting, and then they kind of like, Take, take a step back and think, yeah, actually, that would make sense. Like, why? Like, it doesn't cost me more than 15 minutes to have a chat with Arno. And eventually, if what he says is true, like, I would be able to, I would not say show up, but at least show like very good results to my CEO because we have improved our lead generation processes by working with Scala. So that is one trigger as well. And that's, yeah, that's mainly how we, how we manage it. Like three, four that's emails, good. two to three uh, LinkedIn steps. We, we, we tend to use LinkedIn as more like a, as a warm-up. So like visiting automatically the profile, connecting with the prospects, but we don't like repeat on LinkedIn what we said via on our, in our emails. It's more for a warm-up. Got it. You're just trying to get... Get them put a face to a name. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Just for awesome. them to, after all, maybe check back our LinkedIn profile, maybe read like for one minute about ScaleUp <laughs> and then say, oh, actually, yes, it makes sense. Now I understand where that guy is coming from, et cetera, et cetera. So that's like your last email. That's like the last strip line email is, hey, what if CEO, CEO name learned from you? Now, usually that's uh, the... My third email and my fourth email, which is the last one. So there are different versions, but there is one that I have right now that is pretty cool. Is trying to like send so sending the last email on a Saturday or a Sunday, and because whenever you know that you can provide value to a company, either the company, if they don't reply to you, either they already have something that works super well on their side and they are completely covered, completely covered or uh, the person didn't have time to reply back. And as we talk to either like C-level people, we talk mainly to C-level people. Those people usually 
and unfortunately for for them and I'm part of them so we check emails also during the weekends which is not good but it's okay we do it and I would say during the weekend we have um, a little bit more time to reply to the lead generation inquiries that we receive and awesome. one email that I use is look I'm sure you're quite busy right now with XYZ because you just raised five million so you must be pretty busy. What about connecting you over the weekend for 10, 15 minutes uh, over WhatsApp? And then I give my WhatsApp number. And then like kind of feel free to WhatsApp me back. Right. On um, kind of getting them off email on the WhatsApp. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I got a few replies out of it, to be honest. I won't complain on the, that <laughs> best minute. Awesome. What do the numbers look like from that campaign? Like, what are you tracking and what? Um, yeah. So what we track, what we track is, of course, one key element that you need to track before sending any type of email is your deliverability. Mm-hmm. Because if you do all the different steps that I mentioned uh, during our conversation, and if you do the filtering of your persona, if you do the extraction, enrichment, hyper-personalization for each of the prospects. And at some point when you start sending your cold email campaigns or LinkedIn campaigns, this those emails end up in spam or category. It's clearly not good. Like you just wasted your time. So mm-hmm. the goal is to avoid that. So first, first and foremost, checking the deliverability of the email and then whenever you start whenever this is done and you start sending your your call email the metric that we check on a daily and weekly basis because we do analysis of the campaigns on a weekly basis but we check the metrics daily those are open rate reply rate and interest rate so the open rate is basically how many people open your emails the reply rate is how many people uh, from the ones who open reply to your email? And the interest rate is how many people from the one who are who reply are sent you a positive replies to your inquiries. So those are the three main metrics that we send, that we check, and they are complementary with each other because if your open rate is not good like in the end your reply and your interest rate would be won't be good neither like that's why deliverability is key and the good subject line with the with the good in with the best intro line is like help you to really make the difference so for these three metrics open reply and interest rate what were the numbers that you got for this campaign and what are your benchmarks that you try to hit Okay, so there is, I would say there is a minimum analytics and like minimum numbers that if the if people who send cold email campaigns are not reaching, it means that the campaign is not good or there is a deliverability issue. Those numbers are, if you have an open rate below 50%, you need to ask yourself a few questions about your deliverability or about the persona. So which means that you don't target the right person or there is an issue with your deliverability. So if the open rate is below 50%, there is an issue. And then 
if you have a reply rate that is below 10%, there is an issue as well. Same, same problem, deliverability and, uh, or the, the persona. And then you have the interest rate. And the interest rate, it, it really varies. But if you have like below 1%, there is also an issue. So those are the minimum, the minimum percentage for the three metrics that we track. So open rate, if it's below 50%, not good. Reply rate, if it's below 10%, not good. And interest rate below 1%, not good. Of course, this is the minimum, minimum, mm -hmm. minimum. And what we got, I think, from the campaigns that we just discussed uh, during the podcast, the open rate was above uh, 90%. And usually we have, we have open rate between... Uh, like 85 to 100%. Like we got campaigns with 100% open rate, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. <laughs> when you, when you sure. get that. And, but usually it's around 90%. I would say the open rate, the reply rate that we have is between 10 to 25%. And I think for that one, it was uh, 18 to 21%, something like that. And the interest rate, that we have is be is between three to five percent. That's what we have in terms of the analytics for the three metric, three metrics that uh, we discussed. How many people are in the campaign? Usually, it's small batches between one hundred fifty to two hundred people. Gotcha. Okay. And we try to segment the people we are reaching out to. Usually, it's of course by uh, by industry. And by geography as well, like we kind of we are we, we like we segment more or less everything because then we can evaluate is for example for one city or in one industry we have more reply than for another city and then we try to improve based on that. And you can you can scale your messaging right to exactly those people exactly okay awesome so you got a few layers there you got some affinity with school you've got industry you've got geography. That's awesome. So do you use a tool to track deliverability? Yes, 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 yes. So there is uh, actually, so the we use the cold email um, uh, software named Lemlist. And mm -hmm. there is um, a feature on Lemlist that is named uh, Lemwarm that helps you to track that. Gotcha. So you oh, activate right, right. Lemwarm yeah. and you, you can easily understand where your emails end up. So mm -hmm. if it's category, spam, or inbox. That's and uh, and also, Lemwarm helps you to warm up your domain. Mm -hmm. So the way it works is that Google, so when you send cold email and you use Lemwarm, let's say what's going to happen is you need to warm up your domain, the domain that you're going to use to do outbound. What Lemwarm will do is that it will send I would say fake emails to other Lemlist members. So let's say we are both members of uh, Lemlist. So I'm going to send you a fake email, random email, and then you're going to reply back to that email. Fake as well. I won't even see it. And the goal is you do that to 30 person every day and you receive 30 replies. So what Google will understand is that the emails that I sent receive replies right they and want to see that natural be, conversation happen. exactly so yeah. then it's going to be ah, okay 
the that domain, the scaleapp.com or scaleapp.io, it's actually an LC one, uh, is not spamming people and so on. And that's how you improve the health, you increase the health of your domain and ultimately improve your deliverability. Use them warm on them list. It works very well. Awesome. Very cool. Arnaud, thank you so much for All joining. Right. Scalelab.com. So yeah, scalelab.com. Exactly. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the conversation. Have a good Sunday night. Awesome, man. You have a good Monday morning. Week. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right, Take man. care, Morgan. Take Thank you easy. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.